shield is possible in the environment in which they're working. So farmers couldn't perfectly prepare a field before spreading and sometimes what appeared to be good soil turned out to be useless. But he spread it throughout the field, doing what he could to prepare for an abundant harvest and then waited, as farmers still do, looking to the skies or the, the Bureau of Meteorology, seeking God for the rains that were needed, for seasonable weather, looking what the seed would yield. The sower. This parable takes a turn when Jesus, in verse 10, we are told, is alone with the, uh, with the twelve, and they ask him about the parables. He says to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom, but for those outside, everything's in parables. However, Jesus is saying that he speaks in parables to make sure that people have to work to hear the message of the kingdom. In verse 12, Jesus quotes from Isaiah 6, some people won't understand even when they hear and some won't perceive even when they see. Why is that? Perhaps it's because they won't accept him, a theme which runs throughout Mark's whole gospel. Everywhere Jesus goes, as well as the welcome he receives, there's opposition, even from his own family. The sower and the soil. Jesus speaks to his disciples about listening and how it is that they hear and respond. Well, for all the questions we ask of the Bible, it also questions us. It wasn't in Job, Job's insistence that God answer him that changed his heart during his suffering. It was God's question of him in Job 38 that turned the tide. I will question you, said God to Job, who was suffering mightily, and you will answer me. A parable isn't merely a story of a sower sowing seed, it is also a question from God. When the sower sows his seed, what will the seed find to rest on? I guess, in other words, what kind of soil is our own heart made of? There are four types of seed that Jesus, uh, soil that Jesus speaks of in this parable. Hard and dry, shallow and rocky, crowded, soft and open. In verse 15, there are those along the path where the word is sown, when they hear immediately that which has been sown in them is taken away. 
in Mark's gospel as in every gospel. Jesus meets people with hard hearts. You and I have met people with hard hearts. For all sorts of reasons, people's hearts get hardened. For all sorts of reasons, we meet resistance when we are out and about sowing the seed of God's word and God's love as we've received it, as we know it, as we dare to speak it. Not everybody accepts Jesus as their teacher, as Messiah. Some even oppose him as their enemy. And the more Jesus speaks, the more he heals, the more he teaches, the harder some people's hearts get. We see this throughout the gospel stories. And the tragedy of a heart that is completely closed to Jesus is very real. The tragedy of a heart that is uninterested, that sees nothing at all in the possibility of God is just awful. The tragedy of those who really are unable to hear is a frightening and I think grievous thing. In his book, The Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis, one of the great Christian writers of the 20th century, wrote a, a series of letters, the Screwtape Letters is a, a series of letters of counsel from one senior demon, Screwtape, to a junior demon named Wormwood. Some of you, of course, will have read the Screwtape Letters and know it well. You'll know the work of C.S. Lewis well. Wormwood has been assigned a man to keep from coming to faith in Christ. And in one letter, Screwtape says, it's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. And in the context, Screwtape is talking about prayer. Do all you can, dear Wormwood, to keep our man from prayer. Take out the desire. Satan wants to take away your desires for God, no matter how small they may be. And one prayer can do him in. And that's why the letter of Peter tells us to be sober-minded, to be watchful, because our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. To pray is to be open to God. But a heart that is hard is a heart that says, there is no prayer for me. That is not any kind of possibility. The rocky heart. Those who are sown on rocky ground, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. They have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, and then when tribulation or persecution arises, they fall away. We see this kind of heart in the crowds that follow Jesus. We see it particularly in the, the gospel stories in that week between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. Those who have followed joyfully, but who fall away when the going gets tough. 
and we know that many people want to follow. But when life is hard, when things don't go as we anticipate, when the crowd isn't with them, then it's not what people can stick at. One writer says it like this, Jesus isn't spiritual pixie dust, which I think is a great phrase. He is the saviour of the world. This is not magic in which we are engaged. Following Jesus means looking for more than a positive and encouraging Lord who never steps on our toes or never calls us to commitment, never asks, ourselves, never asks us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, never calls us to repentance. That is not the Jesus we follow. With this heart, it's easy when things get tough to leave him for something else, to look for the pixie dust. When we treat Jesus like that, when he no longer works for us, well, he doesn't really work for me anymore. If you get that phrase, and we've all heard that phrase, haven't we? Not working for me anymore. We look for something else that will. And then there is the soil in which seeds are sown amongst thorns. Those who hear the word but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things choke the word and it proves unfruitful. This kind of heart is crowded. And gosh, don't we live in a world where crowded hearts are easy to have. So many things are at the same level of importance. So many things that are important to us that we all want, that we're anxious about, that we're worried about. One image that I read around this was an image of a boardroom with Jesus sitting around the table as one of the members able to have his say, but not necessarily doing much more than that, contributing to all the other voices. Jesus is not a board member. He is the saviour of the world. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he is our own personal saviour. We see this kind of thing, this anxiety, the sort of what does everybody think stuff, in Jesus' own family in the Gospels, where they start to worry about what everybody else is thinking. They get anxious about what he's saying and what he's doing, what might happen to them if he doesn't just stay a little bit quiet. And then, of course, there is that soil which is just ready and open. Good soil, it's described as good soil the ones who hear the word and accept it, who bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The heart of those who accept the word of Jesus, who follow him when it's hard, who stick with him when they don't understand, who draw near, who lean in, who want him. Those who join with him on the journey of the kingdom. 
The soft and open heart is the heart that we Christians want. It's the one that we want the sower to be sowing seed of his love, his word, his faithfulness in us, for us and through us, day by day and week by week and year by year. And even in the midst of that life, we know that the other possibilities are there with us as well. And it might be all right for you. You may not have that experience, but I certainly do. I certainly have the experience of the anxiety and the worry and the voices. I think, goodness me, it's a bit thorny around here at the moment. Or something happens and I want to harden my heart. And I think, oh gosh, it's a bit of a tough exterior going on there. This needs a little bit of opening up once again. There are different times, different seasons that we Christians live through in which paying attention to what kind of soil our heart is at that moment is really, really important. What is it that God is calling us to? How is it that Jesus' word is speaking to us? What kind of fruit or seed is actually able to take root in us? Well, Jesus isn't only the sower, he is God's seed. And the fruit we need grows out of his grave. It is his love for us, for this life and beyond, his promise to us, his welcome of us, his loving of us. I've been thinking about this landscape in relation to the country in which we live. This landscape of the rocky soil, particularly. A couple of weeks ago, I was up in the northwest and, some, and, and on top of um, some rocks, big ones, you know, not, not those little ones, those big ones, which nobody had yet blown up for what they had inside them, if you get my drift. <laughs> It is astounding to me that in the Australian landscape, trees and shrubs take root and grow in the cracks and crevices of very barren places. That any little gift of moisture sees them growing and sprouting so that you look around and think, how did that come to be there? How did that tree come to be in that place? How did that bush grow there? How did that sandalwood make its place there? What's going on? Such an image of the possibilities for the times when life is hard and you can feel your heart sort of hardening a bit. The power of God's love is really, really important.
A man by the name Tim Keller, who died just a few weeks ago, points out that if Jesus came with a sword, he'd cut us to pieces, and if he came with fire, he'd burn us to ashes. But he came as a seed to be planted for us, and that that is the secret of the kingdom. I know that hearts of stone are able to crack open to Jesus, that his love is the best and most profound gift for life and growth and for knowing the creator, that once he is inside, his word grows and grows. Keep praying. Keep reading the Bible. Keep choosing to love. Keep attending to your heart. Keep listening for God. Keep being open, even when it's not so straightforward, to the possibility of Jesus with and for and alongside you and become some of that beautiful, beautiful yield of God's love in Jesus. May the soil of all our hearts be transformed by his love. Amen.